Good afternoon, I'm Ed Poswoli, CEO of Trip Scott, and with us we have a very special guest, Brian Kilmeade. Brian, as you know, is the co-anchor of Fox and Friends, and also the top radio host of, oddly enough, the Brian Kilmeade Radio Show, uh, award-winning and top New York Times bestseller. And Brian, I hear you're also starting a new TV show on Fox Nation. I'm yeah, uh, it'll be Saturday at 8 o'clock, repeated again at 11, or if there's a war going on in the Ukraine, hypothetically, It'll be live at eight and then live again at 11. But uh, it's gonna, it's it's a lot of fun because what we try to, in that show, try to get away from intramural politics and just try to talk about things that come together that we can relate to. And believe it or not, with that war, there's a lot of things that both sides agree on, mainly because of the president of Ukraine more than any Republican or Democrat here. Right, he's definitely driving the narrative. He's yeah. bringing everybody together. Yeah. So in part, I'm looking at your new book, President and a Freedom Fighter, and there's a lot of, we can certainly learn, you're a great historian, that we can certainly learn a lot from history. Uh, but let's start first by why this book now. I wanted to tackle, uh, if you look at uh, George Washington's Secret Six, Revolutionary War, and then Thomas Jefferson, the Tripoli Pirates, that period between 1812 and the Revolutionary War. And then they said, well, what about the War of 1812? It's so underappreciated. And I thought, you know, let's do the Battle of Baltimore. There was so much controversial with the Star Spangled Banner, sadly enough. And then I got pushed to checking out the Battle of New Orleans. I said, well, that, that was a battle no one had to fight. Remember, the Treaty of Ghent had already been signed. They go, you're wrong. And I went down to New Orleans and did a special for Fox Nation and had a chance to talk to historians. And they said, hey, you know what? Uh, we found documentation in Britain. They were going to abrogate the whole treaty, and they were going to just hold on to Louisiana and go actually to, with, with their version of international court, and prove Louisiana purchase. They've, Napoleon had no right to flip it. I go, whoa, there's a story there. Right. So I go, where do I go after that? Well, I took on I had the understanding that Texas has their own history, and I thought I should leave it alone. But then I thought it's so much of American history, and Sam Houston's a guy that was never president but should have been, so I did Sam Houston, the Alamo Avengers, which brings me up to the, to the Civil War. At the same time, we're doing the George Floyd riots and we see the racial division. The Obama years really, uh, whether it's his fault or not, regardless, we're talking about race more than ever. Do I really want to jump into that? And I go, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it through two iconic figures that are bigger than life that uh, I would say as, as important figures in American history. Frederick Douglass, underappreciated, especially until recently, and Abraham Lincoln who a lot of people are trying to marginalize and right. saying, hey, wait a second, you know, he said some things that has some racial tinge and shows a racial ignorance. No, he's a man of his times, and it shows growth. And Frederick Douglass is somebody born a slave seven years after he's, uh, he has his freedom and escapes to freedom, while still a fugitive, technically could be arrested. He becomes a best-selling author, international speaker, who comes back to America to fix it and make us live up to our Constitution. I said, what if I tell both those stories, which have been isolated, but rarely told together. And that's why I thought it could be effective to give people perspective on race in America today. Because a lot of people think America started yesterday. Right. They need a perspective on how far we've come and what the world was doing at the same time. And how far have we come based upon this book? Frederick Douglass Huge. was at the cutting edge right. of this, wasn't he? I mean, look, we didn't invent slavery. It was on every continent on the planet. We didn't stop it. And we became a country, we didn't address it. And every one of our founding fathers knew it was an issue. They didn't know how to get ahead of it. And as our economy churned and it becomes so necessary to have uh, labor and cotton and everything, they never really fully addressed it in the South. 
And finally, we come to loggerheads in the simplest form possible, and there's a war in the beginning, not even declaring that was the reason, but it became clear after that. And then when you let blacks fight for their freedom, and you give them their freedom through the emancipation, then the border states get it, and then the war happens, and it ends, and they have it. Uh, we have this tremendous progress, but man, did we start behind the eight ball. If Lincoln doesn't get shot in the 1860s, John Wilkes Booth in the 1865, if he doesn't do what he did then, we wouldn't have needed the 1960s because Lincoln, Grant, uh, Frederick Douglass were on track to flood the South with teachers, to flood it with uh, housing, and make the transition as effectively as possible. But instead, we got a raging racist, which in Andrew Johnson, right, right. that extended this hell a little bit longer, gave us Jim Crow and a compromise. So we needed the 1960s, got better in the 70s, constantly getting better. But all of a sudden, in 2020, 2020, we think we're the worst country ever. And then it comes the 1619 Project, which is an anti-American look at history. None of this stands up to scrutiny in terms of people that actually know what happened. And it's an attempt to cut America out at its foundation. Instead of showing a country that it's its hardest critic on itself, that constantly grows and gets better through our own system, they want to look back and say, man, look what was happening then. Look what was happening then. Look what we accepted here. And then look at the George Floyd and think that that's happening everywhere. And I think that with that book, I think you get a perspective on how far we've come. If you look at what Frederick Douglass went through, and then you see where he ended his life as one of the most esteemed Americans. Well, despite America, America produced both Lincoln and Douglas right. in parallel track. Right. And Lincoln is another self-made success story. Nobody would have bet on him. Nobody would have bet on Andrew Jackson. Came from nothing. And they ended up being the most important man in America. Frederick Douglass came from slavery. The most important, uh, one of the most important activists in American history. That they have statues in Ireland, Scotland, Germany, and England of. I mean, how many people can say that? Right, all produced under American exceptionalism. Right. Somehow we've done away with that. But I think there's got to be a pushback. And I never saw it. Like growing up, it used to be like, oh, these Americans, they think they walk on water. They think they invented history. The arrogant American goes into Europe, and they were pushing us back. Now we're our own worst critic. So we, we, our, our critics can't get a hold of us because we're doing self-flagellation all over the place. But I sense that it's changing. I really do. I think that the worst is over. And how do, we, how do we take the lessons from this book and continue to improve on our more perfect union? Well, I just think it's the lessons in life. Whatever your situation is, everyone's got something. So what are you going to do to deal with that something, to overcome it? You learn from it, you deal with it. Maybe you're not happy with the way you are uh, uh, or you start, but you can continue to make adjustments through education. Both these men are examples of education. They had a thirst for it. Lincoln, one year of formal education. Frederick Douglass had to conjole and actually barter his way to do the homework of the white kids in his neighborhood to read and write. Had to somehow convince his slave master's wife that if he could just learn to read and write, he'd be more effective. And she loved this little student until she found out that that was against the law to teach an African-American to read and write. Education is the key. Overcoming your circumstances is something inherent in the American cause. And that's what I hope. People don't look at Douglas and say, I'm not as talented, I'll never be able to do it. They can look at Douglas and say, man, if he can do it, why not me? Same with Lincoln. If he can do it, why not me? It's overcoming your circumstances. And the best thing about this country is it gives you an opportunity to do it. You're not locked in the place you're born. No guaranteed of success, an opportunity to achieve success. And I think that's an example of that. And I think 
The other guy is Andrew Jackson. The guy's orphaned by the time he's 13. He ends up being a lawyer, uh, a, a senator, a governor, a self-taught major general, and then two-term president of the United States. What other country can say that? And you mentioned the Battle of New Orleans with him. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Battle of New Orleans, at 41 years old, suffering from dysentery down to 130 pounds in terrible weather, he's able to anticipate where the British would land, anticipate how to take him out, formulate an army uh, of the free men of color, of Cajuns, of pirates, uh, criminals, uh, regular army, uh, uh, dirty shirts, great marksmen, and put together an army in three and a half weeks that beat, did something to... Um, Wellington's Invincibles that Napoleon couldn't, and that take him out in 45 minutes. So there's much we can learn about history and apply it to today. I think so. I mean, there's no doubt about it. When things happen in the news, if you have a bigger picture of where we've been, you will not overreact to where we are. One last thing. You had the new show Saturday at 8, 8 yeah. o'clock. Talk about what do you hope to accomplish with the new show on Fox Nation? I want to be able to cover the breaking news and get perspective on it. I do like to talk about things that uh, we have in common with the country. There's always going to be a historical element to it, uh, to be clear. I do in times when uh, after Zelensky wins and finally finish off the Russians, I do want to add some fun to it. We're able to get to 10 stories as quick as we can, stuff that aren't normally in the news, usually with another uh, Fox anchor or someone of personality. And we always start with the news that matters most at the end of the week, kind of take a long-form look and be able to, to talk to Arthur, Arthur Brooks eventually about happiness, Anthony Robbins about cutting-edge things in healthcare and, and how to tackle your way through COVID, stuff that I really can't do during the week, right. uh, even though it's uh, Fox and Friends is a three-hour show, they're four-minute interviews. Right. And then the radio is a great opportunity to do that, but this is just my own forum to get it done in an hour. Well, Brian Kimmel, we appreciate you visiting with us. Again, the president and the freedom fighter, nine weeks on the bestseller list, New York Times bestseller list. Congratulations again. But it is a lot we can learn from history uh, with this book. And, Which and no one has to tell you that. Well, you know how that goes. <laughs> it, it's history sort of repeats itself and the lessons are are really in, you know, in, internal in a certain segment, you know, really last a long time. And I think that the bottom line is is that this book does a lot to learn about leadership and overcoming adversity and making uh, making a difference in the world. Appreciate so thank it. you. Thank you. Great.